Did and, you hear my doorbell go off? Yeah. <laughs> Random way to start. Anyway, and we're live. Hi. Hi and, hi, and welcome to Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond. And today I am here with star of For the Love of Dilfs, singer, songwriter, Instagram model, OnlyFans content creator, Demilo, who is currently making a book of poetry called made for this which will be out soon and is promoting the single something sweet which is also out soon how are you doing today sexy i'm doing great thank you how are you thank you for having me you're welcome of course see actually i will say this i was speaking about like phoenix earlier with you off camera it's like mm -hmm. it was in that like second interview i did with phoenix where we talked about you that convinced me to like go look at your stuff <laughs> phoenix phoenix is just bringing people together he he is a sleeper hit of that show he i feel like he and i because we were both on for such short times they really slept on us because me and phoenix behind the scenes and that because they when they when they send you home or when you're waiting to go on they have you in this other house yeah you told like, me about that for like two weeks and me and Phoenix just <laughs> hung out in Fort Lauderdale and like I would be like mixing music and he'd come by and like we like me and Phoenix became like best friends he is such a chill person and we're so I don't know they really slept on us we they I don't know they just really slept on us that's all I gotta say well my thing is in some ways I would say like yes you said what you said but also, I feel like you were also not portrayed as you, if that makes any sense. Well, like, I don't know what you're talking about because I did not watch it. <laughs> I did not watch yeah. this show. I um, I didn't care to watch it. I knew I, I said what I said and I moved on. And I like yeah. saw like some screenshots. I thought my hair looked good. And that's all. But I was like this. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. I feel like reality tv isn't reality and as somebody who lives so strongly in their truth as an artist i yeah. feel like it just wasn't my medium let's put it that way yeah and like you wouldn't have known that until you went on yeah life's about trying things you gotta try yeah. you gotta you gotta try it out and honestly I also kind of want to audition for the circle. They just posted that they're having an opening call for the circle. I think I'd do really well on that show. More so than a dating show. I feel like that's I, that's more like Big Brother. That's more my vibe. Yeah. I mean, I don't fault you. As, I, as I've said on this podcast, like, I am very much against doing reality TV. If somebody like approached me and like said, we want to do a docu-series about you. Like I'm all for that. <laughs> right. Like where I get like full creative control. What would your, what would your docu-series be called? I, Diamond actually, in the rough. <laughs> I actually thought like behind diamond eyes. Ooh, that's so good. Because you always wear the uh, sunglasses, sunglasses so behind, yeah. behind diamond eyes. And like the yeah. last scene is like you taking them off finally. <laughs> well, in, in truth, as I always say, especially when I interview drag queens, the reason I continue to wear sunglasses because you bitch don't know how to do eyes. And mm. As a musician, I've like gotten away with it. It's like, I don't need to do eyes. I don't need to like not wear sunglasses. I'm singing live. Like... <laughs> I don't have to lip sync like y'all. 
I would love to. I always thought I don't like. I have done drag one time, and I don't. I don't like all the the stuff on my face. I don't like all the wigs. I don't like all that conflama. So I'm here with that. I'm sometimes it's too much, but I do sometimes think like. I could book a lot more gigs if I just put a wig on and did some really janky eye makeup and went to a drag show and played guitar. You know what I mean? I could book more queer gigs that way. So, uh, that is. Although, do you think that queer people would like your music? Yeah. Why the hell not? They listen to Orville Peck and they listen to Trixie Mattel and. Um, That's very true. Yeah, why the hell not? I just feel like also, though, like, gay people are so easily threatened by anything that's going to bring them down a little bit. And so right now, as a singer-songwriter, um, sometimes I'm not that approachable, I get it, because, like, as my audience is mostly queer people. And yeah. queer people, that's why we celebrate drag queens, because as soon as, like, someone puts a wig on, it's like this idea, it's like, Oh, I can listen to them because I'm not threatened by them. Gay men are so easily threatened by the most minuscule thing. And especially if someone's like, I don't know, a free spirit and like does what they need to do to create art. And like, that's threatening. Being a free spirit is threatening. And so as soon as like you, like you see it with like, I don't know, like Orville Peck, he puts a mask on immediately, not, not a threat. Trixie Mattel puts the wig on immediately, not a threat. People listen to them then. And, so it, there is a thing there that is, I don't know. It's a weird complex that we have. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm not creating it just for, I don't create art just for queer people. I create art just because I make the music that I like to hear. Yeah. You know, like, that's me. And if you yeah. like it, you like it. If not, whatever. Like, I think three months ago, I had 8,000 listens on Spotify this last month because i haven't promoted anything i've had like a hundred listens you know it's all it is what it is it it comes and goes well i will say this like you in terms of your music i will say i have not been obsessed with a non-electronic like non-dance music artist in a while and like I have like, yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Like, like I do. Like I, I, when I started listening to your music, I'm like, it's so. I've in my view, it was so different, and like, I like different. I mean, yeah, dare to be different, be bold or be forgotten. You know, it's like we. You want to make. You want to be an. I like how sometimes like. People want to be artists, but they don't want to make claims. Does that make sense? Like, as an artist, your whole point is to be an artist is to get people's reaction. The death, the death of the artist is apathy. The the minute that you, um, that someone's like, oh, cool, you failed as an artist. Even if you're making people upset, even if you make people happy, it doesn't matter. If you make something and you you have to make, you know, you want to use bold colors. You want to you want to yeah. You make a statement. Make a statement or get out. What are you doing as an artist if you're not making a statement? Right. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I, first of all, I totally get that because, like, even when I started doing drag, like, I was, as I say, I have like a weird start to how I started doing drag because I started doing drag and like performing at open mic nights. So, like, 
Oh my god, I love open mic nights. <laughs> I yeah. love an open mic night. I have done so many across the country and internationally. They, I feel like open mic night is like where people. That's the raw material. That is. You know what I mean? That you're gonna yeah. get the truest form of that artist in that set because that they're trying something new. Yeah, it's not like this is my show. We've practiced this for four weeks. No, this is I. I wrote this maybe two nights ago in my bedroom, and now I want to sing it for you guys. What do you guys think? You know what I mean? That love that that is so. And as you said, like I was so different than everybody else because like I make electronic music, so like you had all these acoustic acts that would come after me. Cause what I would usually do is I'd open the show like every week. Mm-hmm. Cause that's just how I did things. Cause actually at one point it was crazy enough. I was doing an open mic night and I was performing at a karaoke night in the same like night. So I literally mm-hmm. had to go from one gig to the next gig, like driving people were like, how long did you do that? I'm like, I did that for five months until I realized it was too much. <laughs> I love coming in with like, produced beats for a song and like this thing that i made like this last week i'm like to an open mic is like you get that reaction of people like because everyone <laughs> comes with their guitar and like they i mean i've done i don't know every, i've come with my guitar too whatever i'm not shitting on that yeah. but like oh, can i say can i curse on here no, yeah fuck i don't fucking go okay cool <laughs> but, <laughs> but like everyone comes with a guitar i love that like everyone breaks out like why doesn't the host of the open mic just bring a guitar for people to use that to me makes more sense than everyone because it takes 20 seconds oh like 20 minutes to like plug in sound check yeah. blah 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 here we go when i used to um like when i used to live in new york and did open mics in new york they're fast you got yeah. you got one song you maybe get five minutes by the time you get up and you sound check blah 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 you already wasted two minutes. So there just got to a point where back in the day, I would just hand bone. I would be like, everyone shut up. Like they, <laughs> I would get up there, everyone clapping, like, no, 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 shut up. And I would just like snap and I would sing yeah. a song that I was writing. And <laughs> then I'd be like, thanks. If you want to hear the whole thing, talk to me afterwards. <laughs> and it just got to that point of like frustration because you have everyone comes with the same shit. See, and it's wow, one song. I've never had an open mic that short. Girl, because the, short, the shortest the shortest I would do is like two songs, like at one place. Like, think about it, because in New York, everyone wants to get up on stage. Everyone wants the stage time. Right. So they give right. you, you go in, you get your number, whatever number that yeah. is, and you there's like forty people just waiting in line. So right. you got to go. You got to be quick, and you got to make a. You got to make it bold, or be like you got to do it. So I think like. Everyone would show up with a guitar or something. I'd be like, no, I'm just going to hand bone. Yeah. <laughs> but there is also like certain places. Like I know certain places don't like you to like swear. I actually did oh, get, yeah. I did, I did get in trouble. Cause like, well, not in trouble. I got told not to do something. I, I, I had screened motherfucker into the microphone the week before, and then I got told by the owner not to do that the next week. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not doing that this week. I did that last week. I don't repeat sets. What, like, song, were you, what song were you doing with motherfucker? An original? Yeah. Sick. <laughs> it's a song I wrote um, called Confession. It's It was all about me kind of being anti-Catholicism. Well, mm. We will talk about that in a moment. Actually, mm. we haven't even fucking started the interview yet. So, 
Okay, anyway. go ahead. Let's start. Let's start. I'm happy to be here. This is good. <laughs> also, I didn't tell I didn't tell you this. Like, I gave you like a time slot. If we mm -hmm. go past that, I don't care. Like, okay, cool. I do have dinner plans at seven thirty, but okay, whatever. Cool. It's with it's with my tattoo artist, so I'm not that in a hurry about it. She's a good right. friend. I'll I'll keep that in mind. So, what was it like for you growing up as a kid in Philadelphia? Um, my I come from a very uh, suburban cookie cutter life. I think I took it for granted, and I do think that I'm a bit of a spoiled brat because of it. <laughs> if you really want to know, like my true tea about it, like I grew up, like literally, I come from a life of privilege. I know where I come from. This is why, like, I don't know. I'm very grateful. I'm very blessed for the family and my mom and dad that I have, and. That's why I'm, I think I'm such a rebel is because I don't, I never had to work for anything. So I was like, and, you know, I was, I just needed to branch out. I was like, this is too easy. I need to make life hard. And it's just, um, I'm the black sheep of the family because of that. I don't conform. I, um, I have always spoke, spoken my mind and, um, but I, I can't deny I come from a really nice family i my mom and dad are great and i was the problem child i was the problem <laughs> <laughs> i was the problem in their life they weren't the problem in my life let's just put it that way um <laughs> i'm trying to think if i was the problem child because i am i am the youngest so typically like i'm the youngest two babes yeah i'm the baby And in some ways, well, here's the thing. I don't know if your parents did. My dad was definitely always the person who, like, said, okay, what's your plan? Like, when I said I wanted to drop out of college, he was like, he's like, what's your plan? I'm like, I'm going to go to audio engineering school. Like, Girl, my mom, uh, like, I was just talking to my mom, like, yeah. an hour ago, and she was like, can you get a full-time job soon? I was like, <laughs> yes, I can, and I will, and... I, it's just like this like i don't know my my mom really wants me i understand her point of view me and her have had yeah. long arguments about being an artist and about uh she just wants two things me to be healthy and me yeah. to have and me to have some kind of like insurance or like something that safety net you know what i mean she wants yeah. that which is totally understandable my mom just wants me to be safe right i'm i can't fault her for that and especially after the life that I've lived and like the things that I've done and the things that I've put that woman through, the least I can do for her is get some fucking health care. You, know? <laughs> you right. know what I mean? <laughs> so like But if you but I will say this as I will say this, girl, if you don't do Obamacare, it's like crazy expensive. I know that from like I know. I I, I need to look into it still. I don't I still don't have health insurance. <laughs> okay i will tell you the truth i literally did not have health insurance until i got bone spurs in the heels of my feet and then i had to get health insurance because i had to start going to a foot doctor to treat it so like i totally get that <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah well i need to go to the dentist soon so i'm i gotta get into it soon yeah. <laughs> is this riveting is this a riveting conversation for your viewers <laughs> healthcare. First of all, healthcare yeah. should be free. Let's just put it that way. First of all, healthcare is a right, Bitch. not a privilege. Yeah. Girl, I 
but I don't want to go on that rant. But healthcare is a right, not a privilege. That's all I got to say about that. Shut up. If you go, go argue with your mama, don't argue with me. Healthcare yeah. is a right, not a privilege. I mean, Next. it's not, it's not like I haven't made this same argument to the point of the show for the love of Dills. I made this argument when I interviewed Prince Joshua, like, <laughs> So Prince Joshua, what a sweetheart, what a, what a, what a, what a unicorn of a person. If a Lisa Frank sticker became a person, it's Prince Joshua. Yeah. <laughs> I love Hello. this. I love this. See again, as I say, this is the part I want people to see about you. The like. Because, okay, I will say this. I know you didn't see the show. I will put it this way. You were made to look like an asshole. Like, literally. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone says. But, like, I don't care. Like, some, I don't, I, again, I don't care. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Because I, I signed a contract and I can't say anything. Yeah. But, 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 but <laughs> I love. That's all I can say. Yeah. I love this. I love this. Like, this, I saw the real you. That's why I wanted to interview you. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I what cannot, was it like? I cannot talk about this show any further. Right, we're not. I have some questions, but I'll strike them out anyway. So, Perfect. what was it like for you coming out as gay? Um, I kind of was outed. So, I made out with this dude in like the summer of sixth, from sixth to seventh grade. I made out with this dude, and then. Um, he went and told everybody over summer, whatever that, and like I was kind of like ostracized, like away from everybody. And then when school started, I remember like sitting like the first week or two of school and like kind of like doing work or whatever. And like someone like turned around and was like, "Hey, did you kiss? Did you?" Blah, blah, blah. I, I don't want to say his name. Did you kiss him? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like yeah like i didn't think anything was wrong i was just like yeah and how did you i was like how did you know that like i was like yeah yeah and then like because i like confirmed it like the whole school knew and like that and i was like in seventh grade and then like this is kind of i guess where like the outcastness started i guess was like yeah i was already weird if you mean if you could put that together i'm already a weird person and as soon as that (laughs) happened i was like they were like, oh, well, you're an outcast now. And then it got to the point where I would get in fights. I remember pouring milk on somebody's head. I remember throwing <laughs> something at somebody from across the cafeteria. I was like, I was not, I don't know. Uh, School is not cool. I, and like the rest of seventh grade, I remember I had to like eat lunch in the guidance counselor's office with Miss Paul. <laughs> guidance counselor and like talk about like what it's like to be the outcast and how weird I was like well I have to sit here with you so that's not fun right. and then like for like I don't know then I kind of found like older people later to like hang out with I was like the rebel without a cause and like all of my friends in high school when I was actually in 8th grade all my friends were like juniors and seniors in high school and like I would like be outside smoking with them in the back in the back of their car listening to like i don't know paramore and then going to like see like shows with them and i was like they would like sneak me into like these like underground grunge shows and stuff and like 
I don't know. I was just so like it was just my grade. People older than me didn't care. It was so weird. But coming out as gay, that was basically it. I was punk rock from the start. I was meant to be punk rock. And like that's kind of where like I don't know. Cause I guess that scene of like rock and roll and like that grunge scene that like they accepted everybody. They didn't care yeah. that I was like this weird emo kid in seventh grade who like, you know what I mean? Who didn't have friends. Actually, that was kind of celebrated. People were like, yeah. oh, cool, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and I guess that's kind of where I found my first spot in life was like hanging outside of Hot Topic with my scene friends. And like when I was like in ninth grade and they were all seniors, you know what I mean? That was my right. vibe. <laughs> and I guess like that raised me to be who I am today. Right. So I will say, to my coming out, I in some ways say I was fortunate because I only had to come out to one parent because I came out four months after my mom died. So it was like, it was just, I only had to come out to my dad and my sister who were both accepting. I came out to a youth minister, mistake, <laughs> <laughs> because I told him about this performance idea I had with like a knife and how like, I had practiced it, but I was like, when I told him I was practicing, it was like theatrical shit. Like, and then after he heard that, he left the room, came back in 10 minutes later. He said, you have one of two options. Either you could come with me or I'm calling the cops. For what? For what, Mary? I'm like, call, I'll call the police. What do you want? What do you want the police here for? See, what do you want to tell them? excuse me sir there's a homosexual here like what see what? if i if, if if i was older <laughs> and if i was older and wiser i would have done that <laughs> i wish i wish a bitch would i wish he would have called the police and the police <laughs> i wish the police would have showed up because like what sir sir people are allowed to be gay and then the 911 dispatcher just hangs up on him <laughs> well that's well, well that that's not what he would have said he would have said i was suicidal that that was his excuse you oh that i, I was that i, I was guess. but yeah but well anyway i went with him Mis again mistake as you pointed mm -hmm. out i went to get a psyche valve. i passed it he lied to make it seem like i was actually suicidal and i got locked in a mental institution damn yeah. that's crazy i'm so sorry thank you I'm so sorry, dude. That sucks. What was the mental institution like? How long were you it, there? I was there for 64 hours. I could have gotten out earlier, but I was brought in on a weekend, and like the weekend psychiatrist didn't want to release me. So I had to wait for like Monday when like the actual psychiatrist who releases people, I guess. Like so then what then, then what happened? Well, okay, so let me just talk about going there first. Because, like, this place I went to didn't even have room for me. Like, I was literally, my first night there, I was sleeping on, like, a bed right next to the reception desk. Mm -hmm. And, like... That's weird. That, so yeah. they were just like, we guess we'll take you for the weekend. Here's your weekend vacation. Yeah. And then you went back home, and then what? Going home is actually weird, because, like... It's crazy to think, like, I had to adjust back into society. It's, like, weird, because it's, like... That's weird. How old were you? 
I was 18. I was okay. I was stupid. I was stupid. Like, where was this? This is in Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Florida's a hit or miss with gay people. Florida, yeah. Florida's like roll the dice and see what happens, kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. And then to like cover his ass, he like eventually got me this counselor to like pray the gay away. God, that sounds terrible. I'm so sorry. I'm so happy it didn't work. I'm so no. happy that you're still here with us because I know that like there's a lot of people out here who are torturing gay people just like that, saying yeah. that they're not supposed to love who they want to love. And that the way that you love is wrong. Let me tell you right now, you are enough. The way that you love is correct. And you are lovable. Period. Work. Exactly. And it's like, in some ways, as I say, that was, I wish that was the thing that had like made me automatically leave the church. It was my arc out. Because then I started mm -hmm. doing research about the Catholic Church. They didn't like that because. No, don't question. No, just go along. I was like, so we're supposed to be like for God and everything, but there's an all-seeing eye in the Vatican. Like, why is that a thing? Like, that ties the Illuminati. Like, yeah, these are the kinds of questions I asked. <laughs> I don't know. I I do. There's a few. There's a few avenues here. First of all, it's ego that makes people that draws. What makes people want to like have them underneath of them? Second of all, I I do think that there's parts of like the Bible that are correct, and I do like some messages of Jesus, and I do like that whole like I don't know um, when he said like to his disciples, "You are the light of the world." Well, what does he mean by that? And, you know, like he's not he's talking about like he's talking like farmers he's not talking to like people who just follow him in the desert he's not talking like kingsmen and stuff he's saying you are the light of the world you know he's that he's saying exactly what like buddha is saying he's saying exactly yeah. what ram das was saying like there's this connection between all of us this universal consciousness you know but in his own vernacular jesus said in his best vernacular sorry at his yeah. time he said like there's one god you know yeah but Jesus was raised Jewish. That's that's the only vernacular he had. He didn't. Freud didn't come around yet to say what consciousness was, or what unconsciousness was. But eventually, we came to terms with it. There's this one consciousness, and that's kind of the beautiful thing of what Jesus was saying. It's just the people who took that message and then said, "Well, this one thing. Yeah. Let me tear you down with this." No, and like. What was Jesus' final words when he died on the cross? He said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah. And you know what I mean? But these people can't forgive you for being gay. Forgive them, yeah. for they know not. You know, the best way to lead is by example. You know what I mean? Right. If it's true, go ahead, go do it. And maybe I'll follow suit. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll follow suit. But you don't need to dictate onto me. But fear rules these people's lives. That's why they went there. They were afraid that they're going to do this thing, that this is going to happen. Yeah. That's so. Then they're afraid for you. Let me save you. They think that they're trying to save you. Right, go right. save yourself. Go save yourself. I'll do what I got to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Go do what you got to do. I'll do what I got to do. That's it. <clears throat> and I found, and I'll find my own enlightenment. I'll find my own path. You know what I mean? But it's Lana Del Rey has that song. I am my only God, honey. That's the tea. I've yeah. never had a three-way conversation between me, God, and somebody else. 
it's just me and me and them, me and whoever I'm talking to, me and yeah. whatever faith that is, you know. And honestly, on that point, real faith is letting go. Ram Das, honey, real faith isn't. I have to cling to this idea. I have to know this thing. No, girl. If you really have faith in this thing, guess what? It'll be there to catch you, because you have faith in it. Because that's what faith is. It's not clinging to this idea. I covet. I covet. I covet. No, bitch, you don't need to do that. Release yourself. And if it's there, guess what? It'll catch you. Exactly. And it's also the point of it's like, if I say something against what you believe, if you believe it, you should believe it. It shouldn't matter what the fuck I'm saying. Right. If you believe it, good. That's great. Go believe it. But yeah. It's also you are negating the fact that you believe it by trying to defend it so fiercely. Your defense in your belief negates your entire belief because you are saying to me, you don't believe in it by defending it. If it's true, just let it go. Let it happen. Yeah. Great. And it'll happen because that's faith. But if you have to cling on to it, you are already losing your argument by having an argument. Exactly. So what was it like for you moving to New York City? Which time? <laughs> so we'll, we'll um, go we'll go with the last time. Like <laughs> the last time I um was in New York for like two months. Um it was good. I lived in um uh yeah, it was good. I lived in Hell's Kitchen for a little bit. It was fine. It was the last time. I've lived everywhere. If you really want to go into like the whole story, that's what this book is about. Yeah. This is what I'm like writing this book about. It's yeah. called Made for This. And it is the experiences that I've had everywhere. Everywhere I've gone, like I, I've been on my own since I was 16. You know, I saw what was happening around here. I felt like I was unwanted at school. I, saw I was unwanted. Like I was just a problem child at home. I was like, I washed my hands of it. I ran away to Canada at 16 years old. I, uh, and this book Everywhere I've went, I've written music and poetry, and like I've lived, I've lived like twelve lives at this point, and I—that's what this book is. I was like, I have all these books of poetry. I think I have like over seven books of poetry now, handwritten and also typed. Sure. And so I'm going through, and I was like, I should type these out, and I should put these on a file. And as I'm typing them out, I'm like, oh well, maybe I should write what I was doing at the time while I was writing these. And so right. it kind of came together as this like, holy crap, this is a book. You know what I mean? It was like this like thing of like, holy crap, I could sell this. Cause these poems are so honest and intimate and they are the idea that I will, no matter, it was the, I needed art. You know what I mean? This art, this form, whatever this was, was my home. You know, I like, when I was living out of my car, when I was living out of a tent in the woods, when I was living out of a garage and in, uh, when I was living in the uh, boons of like the middle of nowhere, when I was living in the basement of this terrible place in Williamsburg, when I was sharing a bedroom yeah. with like six other people, when I was getting beat by my ex-boyfriend, when my other ex-boyfriend died, when like all these things, the, my home where I found this solace was in my art. And that's what this book is. It's pure right. honesty from what I, I don't know. I'm an American poet. I'm, I just, I don't know. Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to go out and find my voice as an artist. And I wanted to 
find my truth and my honesty in this place of in this world and that's what this book highlights it is yeah. my true thoughts it is also growth it's like there's a lot of in, uh, there's a lot of i don't know turmoil that i went through there's a lot of hardship and i don't know it it's it's raw it's americana it's real it's made for this and it'll be out soon <laughs> um, i will say okay so i'm gonna ask no wait i'll come back to that question i'll skip this one so what is your songwriting process like um sometimes i hear um a tune in my head and uh like last night i was at the gym in the sauna and uh this song came to me. Um, Call me the outcast. I guess I was born bad. I got my rebel heart dancing through the dark. And like that melody came to me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me go write. And so then I'll sit there, either that, I'll sit there with like my, what's it called? My, what's that thing called on your phone? No, no. Not your notepad, the voice memos. I'll sit there oh, with my voice memos, memos and I'll and and I'll like um, start humming that to myself, so so I can remember the melody, and then I'll yeah. go to the notepad, write that out, and then I'll get home, make a really easy beat, and then I'll just play guitar and harmonize with it, and then eventually that will turn into like if I want it to be a bigger production, I'll go into the production process of it all and. Yeah, mix and master it, and send it out to Spotify, and um, hide behind my emotions. <laughs> well, okay, I'm gonna ask you this: Can you write happy? Because that's one yeah. thing I, I, oh I, I can't. God. I can't. I can't. I literally can't. Like, if I'm not like depressed, I say I write in like three modes. One of them's depression. One of them's sadness. Or no, four. No, one of them's no. anger and like one of them's like sluttiness. Like those are my like oh, four I can write in. Love. Well, do you not find joy in being a slut? Fair, <laughs> girl. Fucking fair. Fucking fair. Like, I, I, um, yeah. You have to honor all your emotions. You can't just, you know, you these, you. I mean, we all have our preferred color palette, I guess. But I, I, yeah, I can write happy songs. I, I think my song "Freak" is happy. It's a celebratory song where um, I wanted to honor being weird and different. So I was like, let me write a song about being a freak, not just being a freak, but let me stand up on the table and dance and celebrate being a freak. That yeah. one's happy. In love, my song "In Love with the Moment" is a celebration of just, or just a, a moment of like. I love this moment and I want to honor this moment right now. That's a happy song for me. Um, yeah, I have happy songs. Why the hell not? <laughs> so, uh, okay. So I am going to ask you about a song that I know you wrote because they mentioned it to me. So did you ever release a song you wrote about Phoenix? I wrote a song about Phoenix. Phoenix told me you did. You oh. said you were writing a song about him and like you used a sample like when you're in the house um half half true half fake news so 
was the tea here is uh actually the song freak which i just mentioned yeah i made with phoenix around me in that moment and um we were sitting i remember it so clearly he took polaroids of me i don't know where they are right now but i was like what do you and like i we were just kind of bored at night you know what i mean we were yeah. like we were drinking like red bull and um white claws and i was just like i was like what do you think about this and i would hand them like the headphones and he'd be like oh cool so half of that song i guess phoenix helped out with you know what i mean he didn't like yeah. i don't know but like of course phoenix being phoenix he's like that song's about me you know what i mean <laughs> well, well I, I i said this because like this came from like so i haven't released it but like I'm going to at some point. So I did write a song thinking about Phoenix. It's a song I wrote called Opinionated. So it's like... (laughs) Not Opinionated. Not the soft read. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Okay. Well, I don't, you you read that a lot like shadier than Phoenix did. Phoenix was like living for it. Like I mean, yeah, he would be. He would be. Of course he would be. Because he's <laughs> happy to be included in somebody else's art. Of course he would be. <laughs> yeah, <I mean. laughs> of course. Whatever. <laughs> but we all I smell I smell what you're cooking. I, I'm not right. So like, but cool. That's a good that's a, eh, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> As I say, to to come out whatever the fuck I get time to do music. You gotta make time, baby. You gotta make I, time. I know, I know. Literally, not only I had like a fan of mine saying, like, I miss you doing music. I miss you. I'm like, listen. I'm like, I am busy trying to run a podcast here, trying to reach <laughs> out to people, doing research. Like, I am busy. I uh I took some time away. Like I when I had my residency in Puerto Vallarta last fall, I didn't write that entire time, and then I just kind of produced like these beats and stuff, and like made like weird like whatever. My song "Never Say Never" and like this song I made uh, called "Hey Charlie" I made during that time is like it's just some electronic lo-fi chill beats and then i released them later and that's what i released this last spring was these two songs but like right now i'm back in my writer's process i took some time away to write this book i just you know i I put out uh what is love in the winter time which is the, the last album i made yeah and i wrote that at the end of summer but it did it took me my whole residency to like actually like accept those songs and accept how I felt about it and then put it out. And then I just let that ride all winter, put these songs out. I, I I'm, an, I'm constantly in a state of production. I cannot not, I can't sit still. I'm somebody who can't sit still. If I, you know, I mean this entire yeah. time I've been fidgeting with my piano in front of me, I need to do something. I I'm, I constantly need to create. That's what I do. And I don't know. Right now, I took some time away from I, this last spring slash winter. I took some time away from the writer's process. Now this summer, I'm getting back into it. And I don't. What a time! To, what a time to do it! Like everyone else is outside in pride, living their lives, and I'm in here all black. I literally just dyed my hair black today. I, <laughs> I literally just went and got a mohawk 
buzzed into my head. I'm wearing like all black. I'm wearing skinny jeans because I don't know. Like I'm just back in my feels. I don't know why. I'm back in my um. I don't know. Back to the Velvet Underground, as Stevie Nicks would say. That's how I feel. Work. Hmm? So, who are some of your musical inspirations? Oh my god! Well, Stevie Nicks, as I just mentioned. Yeah. Like when Bob Dylan was a big one. Amy Winehouse, um, Bruce Springsteen, Lana, um, people who sit down and they actually write their stuff. I love that. And that people who are truly honest with their expression and also like back in like I did like two years of college. I went to Point Park University and then midway through, like I, I was a writing major. I always knew I was like loved writing, but I didn't know poetry. And I was like studying yeah. all these great writers before me, like um, Allen Ginsberg and Jack Kerouac. And I was like, these people do, like they went out to the road and, or they went out to the street. They went out among the people and they found their voice. And that to me, was what I craved. I was like, I want to go be like these people. And so just like Stevie Nicks and just like the free loving people of the sixties, I dropped out of school and I packed up my car and I took off for the open road and I didn't never look back. And that's who inspired me is people who found their voice, found their freedom in what they're creating. Truly not. I don't, I don't really get inspired by like people who like Nepo babies and people who like, life was handed to them i get inspired by people who you can tell worked for it people you can tell this is their end all be all you ever read the um book letters to a young poet no in it he talks about like it's letters between a poet and like the guy who wants to go to war and basically he's saying if you're not dying you're able to die for your country but you're not able to die for your art why is that more important than this your art is you know what i mean you have to like compartmentalize you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you're willing to go die for your country, but you're not willing to die for your art? Hmm. Interesting. See, see, I get that. I like that. In terms of, I would say my biggest inspiration in terms of, like, being a performer, like, is Lady Gaga. So, like... I mean, yeah. She's, she's a pinnacle. But do you really want to do all of that? I love Lady Gaga, but think about it. Like, sometimes that girl be doing the most sometimes it is so much i love her i love what she does it's great i for me that's a lot the dancing the blah, 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 blah. yeah I, uh, uh, i'm like i subscribe to now that i'm getting a little bit older you know wow i'm like 20, i'm 27 i'm literally like now i'm getting older <laughs> don't, I like, don't say that bitch <laughs> i'm older than you like i'm like subscribing to um <laughs> You ever watch uh, Paris is Burning where he goes, if you shoot an arrow and it goes real high, hooray for you. That's how I feel. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? If you make it, you make it. Hooray for you. If not, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm making art. I don't care. Exactly. And like, <laughs> that's why, like I say, like her, Christina Aguilera, like mm-hmm. I'm very much about like vocalists. Like, mm-hmm. That's why, like, as you said, like, people who are handed stuff, that's why, like, I never related to people who, like, love Taylor Swift. I'm like, 
Oh, I'm Taylor's like, amazing. Taylor is amazing. I don't worship the ground she walks on like everyone that's else That's what does. I'm talking about. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. I like her music, but like uh, that's what I'm talking about. Like, But she is Nepo. Like she was raised rich and like now she's rich. So like. <sighs> I do not want the Swift community after me. Oh. I'm standing by. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> You should. It's a good point. I don't fucking care about being problematic. Like, <laughs> I you gotta choose your battles. Yeah. that's that's energy I don't want to waste. But I love. I I mean, you can't deny she's a great songwriter. Yeah. Was she kind of a Disney character? Uh, you know what I mean? She was like a fifteen-year-old pop star, right? Was yeah. She like was like all that. That's cool. <laughs> Here, here, here's my argument. She's never been edgy. That's probably why I don't like her. She's never been edgy. Uh, reputation. No. O- other than reputation, I would say that. Like, oh, what you made me do. That's a good song. Yeah. I do that one. I performed that one. I've done. I did something bad too. Like, I love. I don't. Know. I like. I. I. I feel like that's not who Taylor is, though. And as an an artist she's being truthful to herself always and i respect that um i don't know i i also don't dislike any like i don't like hate most artists or i don't hate any artists because i yeah understand like it's different tastes like i don't listen to like heavy metal music but i understand why it is what it is you know or i understand like why the hype the that goes behind it but yeah i don't get down with the get down see i i kind of agree with that but like in terms of like in terms of like heavy rock like the hardest i will go and it's like is marilyn manson but that's because like that's also got like some electronic elements in it as well like and also um what's it called androgynous i couldn't think of that word Mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson's cool. I I think I like the figure of Marilyn Manson more than I like the music. I don't think I've actually ever. I don't think I could name you one Marilyn Manson song, which is so bad. I should look into that more. Well, the one song that like I always tell people like start with is like his cover of "Sweet Dreams" by the Eurythmics. Like, ooh, cool. I love that song. I cover that song sometimes. That's, like, that's in such a. That's literally that song is three chords. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love. As I said, I am someone who's very much about simplicity. I love simplicity. Honey, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. If K I S S, keep it simple, stupid. You don't need to be doing the most, especially these people out here who crave that attention so bad for what they're doing let me tell you something right here in plain english beautiful things don't ask for attention they are given attention you make something beautiful guess what it will be given attention trust and believe you don't need to be doing the most you know what i mean that is again that's your own insecurities if you gotta about what you're doing guess what it ain't ain't that hype <laughs> See? It's the same thing. Faith, real faith is letting go. You gotta let go. 
You gotta let it go. I get that, and I will say, as someone who's been in that state, it was before I started like getting drag. Like before I did drag, I was the person who was like desperately seeking attention. Oh my god! And it's like once I started doing I drag, like, I just got it. I feel like everyone in their who everyone in their early early twenties who's like so gung ho about like making it and stuff is very that way. Like I remember, uh, um, was it two years ago now? two years maybe three years ago now i went to um paul mccartney's liverpool institute performing arts and i was accepted there and i like went over to the uk and i was like 25 at the time and you know like i've been on my own for a while i've I've seen some stuff and so like i um was there with like these 18 19 20 year olds and it was like me 25 26 and i remember like how driven these young kids they were just like oh we need to do i need to make a statement i need to make my name i need and i I, like i i mean think about me at that age i took off my car because i was like i need to make this statement i need to make this you know but like if you're making it it will eventually come into fruition you know what i mean you don't need to push that hard first rule of yoga don't force anything you know if you gotta force it you're probably gonna pop something out of place and it's like I get that where it's like you get to that point of where like you want to be like famous so badly. And then like, now oh, I just, God. now, now I just got to the point where I'm like, if you I'm just going to do it goes real high. Hooray for I'm, you. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just like, I'm going to do whatever path I want to do in terms of like doing this, doing music, like whatever, like if I get like super well known for this, great. My goal would be to just like make enough money from doing this where I don't have to work like a regular job. Like that's but also we could think. Let's ask the question to ourselves sometimes: Why do we want to be famous? Do we need? Is there a void within us that needs to be filled? Is there? Uh, are we craving attention because I don't know? Maybe we don't love ourselves that much. Maybe we need people to love us because we don't love ourselves. You know. Hmm. Maybe true t- contentment is found from within, and we should not seek false validity from else other people. Hmm. Just curious thoughts. This is what I think about. That's that's where I. That's where I'm at now. You know what I mean? I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you like me. I don't. I don't care what I've seen. What made you applaud? I don't care if you boo me. You know what I mean? Yeah. That has nothing to do with me. I'm doing me. I'm worried as in the words of hiding closet. I'm worried about Heidi. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so who would be your dream artist to collaborate with? Um, living or dead. That are I alive. I, I don't care. We can do whatever. <laughs> It's your um, it's your dream artist. You may never get to work with them. So go ahead. Uh, all right. So we'll do dead, and then we'll do alive. So <laughs> first, um, dead uh, would probably be we'll do dead, alive, and then realistic. How about yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> um, dead Prince first and foremost. Prince yes. and also um, Amy Winehouse. Yes. Um, I'll do three. No, I can't think of a third one right now. There's too many people that there's more people that have been dead than are alive, so that's too many people. So 
Um, alive. I would. I mean, this is dreaming big. Uh, Lana Del Rey. If you're out there, if I, I obviously she's an active list, listener of this pod, Lana. If you're out there, please call me. Um, <laughs> second, uh, Bruce Springsteen, of course, the boss. I love you so much. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen would probably walk in and I would like just melt. I probably wouldn't even be able to sing. I probably wouldn't even play guitar. I'd be like, <laughs> you know, it would just be, it would just be too much. And then. Yeah, either Stevie Nicks or Bob Dylan would be my third. I Work. would love, I just would love to sit there with their writing process and see how they produce. And and then realistically, like modern artists that I would love to work with, not just like these people that are like classic rock that I listen to. Yeah. Orville Peck, Trixie Mattel, Troy Sivan. Um, what else do I really like? That's like the, the weekend. Um and Tyler the Creator, work work. Mm-hmm. See, I will answer this question, but I'll do mine. I'll split mine up to like non queer and queer artists. So mm-hmm. like non queer for me would be obviously Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. and that would be singer for rapper. I would say I would love to get like Iggy Azalea or Nicki Minaj. Oh, one hundred. Oh, Nicki Minaj on a track. It, the like Kim Petras, she said when Nicki Minaj was on, uh, when she finally got Nicki Minaj on an album, she's yeah. like, "I've made it as a pop star." Like this is like, like I couldn't even imagine like making a track and then like you go in and listen to it and Nicki Minaj is on, you're like, "Yeah, hello." <laughs> so for my queer artists, I know you're gonna know some of them. So like, um, Pretty Boy Rock, oh shit, um, Onyx. Oh, Onyx! Onyx is such a sweetheart. Actually, in truth, I'm listing all people that I've interviewed. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, Benji Bradshaw, who's my friend. um, Sage Suede. Let's see, who else? Callum Hawthorne. Like, I have so many people. Like, that's why I love getting to do a podcast, because it's like, now I get to meet people that I've, like, followed for so long, and it's like, I mean, yeah, I would love to do. I, I, I feel like that's how you make it as an artist is working with other people. Yeah, I, you see it all the time, but I don't know. I should start reaching out to more people. Thank you for this inspiration. You're welcome. <laughs> Who knows? We may end up working together at some point. Like, <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> um. Can I ask, a, can I ask a, a question real quick? I'm so sorry about this. Hmm? Um, can you yeah. entertain the children for a minute while I use the bathroom? We've been sitting here for yeah. a little bit. Okay, yeah. thank you. Sorry, everybody. I'll be right back. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Just sitting here playing with my hair. Okay, hi. Anyway, yeah, that's fine. That gives me a chance to like fix this hair. 
<laughs> I, I swear. <laughs> like, the one thing I hate about this wig is, like, when I ordered it, I thought it was going to be shorter than it was. This wig is almost, like, 40 inches, and I'm like, I thought it was going to be, like, 32. It's so it's, like, it's giving. Yeah. It's shiny. Yeah. Of course it's shiny, because it's cheap. Um, <laughs> that's why, who is it? I was, like... I was interviewing like a Reese Wanzer who like is a trans supermodel. And like, I was like, I was hoping like, I'm like, I hope you, I, I chose purposely not to do a natural hair color. Cause I didn't want my cheap hair next to probably her like really nice hair that she paid like hundreds of dollars for. <laughs> Whereas like I paid like 15. <laughs> oh God. Well, I would never be able to tell. Then again, I don't yeah. wear wigs. I have no idea of the price of what, I know that wigs are either super, super expensive or super cheap, but yeah, no price point at all. As I say, I like super cheap. That's why, I like, when people see how many wigs I have, it's like, yeah, when you're spending anywhere between <laughs> nine and fifteen dollars on wigs, yeah, you can have a lot. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but do you want nicer wigs? Do you think that they'll come eventually, though? Um, as you keep doing drag, I would say. My thing is, I don't want anything like super nice until I like settle down. <laughs> like settle down and decide to live somewhere. Like oh oh, I see. I was like, yeah. I was like, until you're married, you're gonna you're gonna wait to someone. You're like, God. you can't accept me at my cheap wigs. You don't deserve me at my expensive wigs. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so. That should be something I should do with that. Or be like, that is why any man I get with is gonna be like, I should marry a hairdresser because I'm gonna be like, bitch, here's the wig. I just had it on my head. You style it. Like, period. Period. <laughs> this is up to you. You pick your own adventure. What do you want me to look like tonight? Exactly. So. Okay, so what was it like for you the first time you performed? Like, uh, okay, so I actually started because I told you I'm a writer. So yeah. I started out thinking that I was going to be a comedian, which is so like not me. I, 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 um, I have funny moments, you know what I mean? I can, I, I'm, I'm funny just me talking, I guess, but. I started out, I was on two improv teams in Pittsburgh when I was living there. And I also did like open mic stuff. And then eventually that turned into, I forget what, what was the catalyst for me switching? Oh, my boyfriend at the time, long story short, I told this guy that I loved him and he told me that he could never love another man. And I started getting in my feels again. And I was like, I'm an artist. Like I have to put this out somehow. I can't just make jokes about it because this isn't a joke to me. You know what I mean? I was like. <laughs> This <laughs> is a joke. I wanted to take this seriously. So, like, I, I went out to Guitar Center. I bought the cheapest guitar there. And I went to town. And then I messaged, because it's a college town. So, like, Pittsburgh is, like, six colleges, like, all, you know what I mean? So, yeah. it's, like, um, I messaged this uh, dude that I know who used to do shows in their basement of their house. And I messaged him. I was, like, hey, I just wrote these songs. Can I come and... Uh, can I come play and open whatever for ne your next show, whatever? 
when I tell you I was the opener for the opener, right? I wasn't even the opener for the main band. I was the opener for the opener. And they, uh, <laughs> I showed up, God, God love me. I thought I was Billy fucking Joel. I came in like a suit. I thought I was going to be like the, the mysterious blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was trying way too hard. I showed up. I remember I did like a cover <laughs> of like an Akon song. I did like, and nobody clapped for me. It was so embarrassing. It was so rough. It was just like, cause I wasn't like a singer. I was a writer first. So even yeah. my vocal range was, and I was like, back then I was rolling my own cigarettes and smoking like, uh, what's it called? Weed and smoking a ton of weed all day. I was a giant stoner in college. So like I showed up raspy as hell playing like the four chords that I know trying to cover these songs. No, it was just so rough. It was so embarrassing. And I remember like afterwards I like ran to my car so quickly, drove home and sat in my car and cried because <laughs> I was just like, oh. that was the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. And then I looked at, but it was also like, so like, I look, remember looking at myself in the mirror afterwards after I cried. and was like, this is the thing I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like, it was like this weird, like, juxtaposition, this um, duality that happened where I was like, I, it was, I don't know. It was like, I was so, like, addicted to, like, what? Because I was having fun on stage. Let's not put it, let's not get it twisted. I knew the yeah. audience didn't like what was happening. But I was like, this is everything. Because I was literally, like, screaming how I felt. I was, just, like, letting it go. And then when I remember, like, like that felt good, but the audience reaction didn't feel good. It was that I know, like, I'm not tone deaf in that way where yeah. I was like, I know I can smell what's cooking, but I need to cook this right now. It was so necessary for my growth. And it was just like this weird thing. I was like, I need to do this more. I need to explore whatever this is. I need to, there's something here. There's something, I don't know. Is this, this is like, this taste I've never felt before or I've never like tasted before. It was this, um, I don't know how to describe it other than that. It was, I guess we're all addicted to our limitations. And it was like the one thing that I was like, Oh, I want to grow this way. This is where right. I'm going to grow. I want to do this. Does that make sense? It yeah. was like, that was the way I wanted to grow. That was, I saw the light, my plant, you know, we all grow towards the light that we see. That was the light I saw. See, I never would have, like, when I hear, okay, this is a weird thing. When I hear you sing, it's like, sometimes I feel like I can tell when somebody's, like, just, like, learned how to, like, sing versus, like, somebody who has, like, a natural voice, like, naturally just has talent. Uh -huh. I never would have known. I thought, I heard you, I'm like, this sounds like somebody who's been, like, singing all their life. Like, Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it's been, like, um, 10 years now since I started doing music and since I started, like, pursuing this little yeah. dream of mine. And so I guess, like, 10 years experience is nice. <laughs> but yeah. 10 years ago, honey, that album I wrote, because I, I, oh, I was, that is hidden forever. Oh, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, I get that. Like, I listen to like 
old recordings of myself versus like how my voice sounds now. I love the way my voice sounds now because like I was singing in some ways like too light and it's like I like now that I sing like deeper and heavier. Well, I was listening to this interview with Orville Peck. I can't I keep bringing him up. Avid listener of the pod again. Orville. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, he was talking about um, how he thinks about flowers and stuff when he sings. He actively imagines these things spiraling out of his voice. This is like a big revelation of mine as well. Like, I, again, you don't have to try so hard. Just let it come naturally. And like he said that he used to try to sing higher than what he used to. Yeah. And what he does now is that's how he found his register. That's how he found that he's like this country crooner singer, you know? Right. And so I guess like you have to just live in your truth. It's like the, it's like, it's like being an artist is like, like being truthful and honest. And that's what like people like relate to or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> It's yeah. <laughs> you gotta be yourself, bitch. That's why, like, in some ways, some people feel like you put on a wig and it's like you automatically be fake. It's like, no, it's like it's like listen to what I'm saying. That's why I love wearing sunglasses, because like as I always say, when people perform, your eyes are like the biggest like distractors oh. of how you feel. When it's I like when I first started out playing and stuff, I used to close. I still do this, and I'll probably do this yeah. when I play for you. I close my eyes because it's me by myself. It makes it brings me to, you know, a place of solace. It brings me to a place of like home. I do look out to the audience every now and then when I perform for like people. You know, you have to, but yeah, if I'm just like playing like a song or, you know, I have to close my eyes. It it centers me. It feels right. That's why I like like wearing sunglasses when I play because yeah. it help it makes people not feel so disconnected from me too and it's also like i feel it lets them hear what you're saying with the song you they can't see your eyes so they have to actually listen to what you're saying mm -hmm. should we um should i uh bust out the new song now yeah <laughs> as i say work because i know you i know you gotta go soon and yeah i do can, is that okay? Can we? Is that still yeah. okay? Okay, cool. Guys, this song is uh, new. I wrote it when I was on the road recently. Um, it's called Something Sweet. Sweet to get by. 
can't control this major tone. Oh, please don't forgive me while I'm gone. I just need, I need, I need a little bit more time. So in the meantime, it's so sweet to get by. I'm on the road, I'm on the road again I keep on riding until the road ends I feel like when I win, I win, I lose I'm just praying the road leads me back to you Every man gets his wish So I know there's gotta be time and a place for this Yeah, world, but you're there to make it all alright So meanwhile, here's something sweet to get by Text you anymore over the phone. I guess I just need a little bit more time. Yes, I got some sweet to say to get by. Can you still see me? <laughs> Is this still on? You, okay, there you go. You, <laughs> did, you, you did freeze up towards the end. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. That was almost sweet. Go. Yeah. Uh, it will be on, uh, probably Leo season. <laughs> well, see, see, the great thing about this is at some point I upload this as a video, but I also upload it as an audio as well. So, like, even though you froze up here, mm-hmm. the sound didn't freeze up at all. So, like, oh, period. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> with that, it was great having you on. I loved getting to meet you. Thank you. It was it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I hope uh, I hope uh, everyone go check out my Spotify. Um, the songs vary in style, but this new album is very that I'm coming up with is very stripped yeah. down, very easy listening. Um, and then uh, go check out 
my Instagram and uh, the book will be out soon. And um, for any photographers out there want to book me for photo shoots, uh, my at is at xo.demilo. If you guys uh, want to follow me on OnlyFans, we're trying to fade out of that eventually. But um, OnlyFans is there. I don't know. Um, I'm also painting right now. Look for the paintings if you want. Uh, other than that, thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll come. I will. I would love to have you back on again. Oh my god! I, 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 yeah, whenever. Let me know. Just text yeah. me and let me know. Yeah, definitely. And with that being said, this is Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diving, and I hope you've enjoyed. Bye.